The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. And it's about film we're going to talk about because Darina joins us now from y'all. Good morning, Darina. Good morning, Ryan. Well, you're in Thurless now, eh? is that right? I'm in Thurless at the moment, I am indeed. But you're from y'all? I'm from y'all. I'm from y'all, live in y'all and produce out of y'all. So that's where I'm based. And here I was uh, rabbiting on yesterday <laughs> about uh, whales and whaling and Nantucket and then watching John Houston's film Moby Dick and spotting... Uh, the the Paris Court uh, waterfall, and then y'all in County Cork, and you know you you made um you made a film about the making of the film about the whale. I did. So, I did tell indeed. me all about it. I so I, I guess growing up in y'all, I would have heard all the stories, especially from my dad, who was a huge film buff. Mm. Um, so we would have heard the stories over the years about Moby Dick coming to y'all, and it was a huge event back in 1954 where buses and buses and buses of people would have been shipped in so I'm a television producer myself so this is as far as I was concerned was a story and went to TG Carr with the, the proposal they saw fit to um, make a series out of it and yeah. Hollywood and Aaron came into being Yeah it was so. a great great series uh, TG Carr always pulled together great series because of people like you <laughs> with great ideas and with with y'all in mind uh, you're on home turf tell me about a, a yeah. little bit about how John Houston decided upon upon there to bring this massive whale and of a movie. Yeah. So John John Houston was actually very good friends with um, Claude Coburn, and Claude Coburn was a he was known in Hollywood circles anyway because he'd written a few scripts. Um, he was ostracized by the Connolly. Um, I think there were trials or whatever the kind of the communist trials. Or oh, the time. McCarthy but, trials. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the okay. McCarthy trials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, he so. was he was actually living in Yale, so uh, he was living down the road from where I grew up. Right. And John Houston was very good friends with him, and had produced one of his plays through a different name called John Helvick. and um, basically that's how he knew Yale. He had spotted y'all. He'd been trying to make Moby Dick for quite some time. And when he eventually got the money from Warner Brothers, I believe, um, basically he, he went ahead and made Salmon Yall. Now, normally, with today's budgets, you know, they would have spent maybe a week, 10 days in Yall, and then hightailed it off to the next location. But they actually spent something like two months in Yall. And Moby Dick's pub became the hub. Now, it wasn't called Moby Dick's at the time. Lennon's used to run it. It was a butcher's and a pub and that sort of thing. But Lennon's pub became the hub and the place, and hence it's been called Moby Dick ever since. And, um, but I mean, it, it was the biggest thing to happen to y'all, to the southeast, for decades, really. Yeah. You know, and it was the best story that I can remember coming out of it was, you know, there was a fantastic history, there's already a fantastic history of cinema in y'all anyway, in that we have the longest running, longest open cinema in y'all called The Regal. Lovely. And there was a there was a great rivalry between the Horgan Brothers Cinema and the Roy, the Regal for decades. And people would come from far and near to see the nearest, the next, you know, uh, the newest film. And, you know, when, when, when this, you know, when this event happened in Yule, sets were being built, you know, these massive facades to create the pubs and, you know, the Nantucket village. And the locals were like, what? Like, mm. there's nothing behind the door. Mm. And at the time, you can imagine that, you know, this was, this was a huge event, you know, in the sense that... It was 1954, it really so, you know, 1954, yeah, it's a big so deal. I had no idea 
how a film was made and this kind of really bust the whole myth as to how it was made, you know. So it was great. It was great, you know, it was fantastic. But some of the photographs are amazing from that time. There's a the Burke collection, the Horgan collection, you know, they're they're just magnificent photographs of the community that just came in from far and wide to see these, you know, Hollywood legends, the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, well, Gregory Peck would have been you know, in, mm. in, and I uh, mentioned Noel Purcell, who would be famous Irish actor and, and entertainer at the time. And they, That's they, right. The harbour had to accommodate the Pequod, the 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 the, the boat uh, <laughs> that went searching for Moby Dick, and presumably presum- that was right. that was a, that was a yarn in itself. That was a yarn in itself, in the sense that the you know obviously the tide and it's it, it's tidal there, obviously, um, but we also have black water, so it, it, there's quite a bit of. A lot of silt there, so the tide has, you know, the silt and the tide are the main key has built up over time. And council workers had to go in every morning to start digging to accommodate the keel of the, the Pequod, you know, and um, to fit the boat into the quayside. And obviously, because the tide comes in twice a day and leaves twice a day, the, the council workers would have had to dig and dig and dig until the tide was only bring back the, in the silt. And, you know, it was one step forward, two steps back scenario, but, you know, the lads were quite happy to retire into Moby Dick's as the tides came in. And I'd say into Moby Dick's again. for, yeah, yeah, just a, a drop of <laughs> something. To, yeah, yeah, restorative. Exactly. Stay where you are, Darina, because I'm looking at a, a great photograph from a, a young woman in full costume uh, mm-hmm. by, on, on the, on the harbour walk. Yeah, yes. She was 20 years old at the time. Her name uh, continues to be Mona, but she uh, was Mona Brady. She is now uh, Mona Hannafin and her daughter, who was a well-known politician in this country once upon a time, uh, Mary Hannafin, still well-known, of course. Mary, good morning. Morning, Ryan. How are you? It's good to talk to you. I mean, this story uh, brought you back or at least uh, brought memories to the forefront for you. Well, we'd always known that um, my mother Mona was an extra in the film because Great. we've had those two photographs that I sent you, yeah. which are really lovely, crisp and clear black and white photos yes. of full costume. Um, and she often talked about it. Uh, so the minute I heard you yesterday morning, I dug out the photograph right. and realised, you know, Gregory Peck could have been my father. You know, there well, was my mother down and uh, <laughs> y'all and Moby Dick. <laughs> that, that, that's for sure. It's, the photos, as you say, they're crystal clear. I mean, they could have been taken from the 1830s or wherever it might have been. But here, how did your mum end up by, um, in the mix of all of this? The, I understand that the film crew went to Clonmel, where my mother lived with um, her family there, um, and started recruiting. Um, and she, to this day, is very proud of the fact, well, I was picked out of the crowd. Well, of course. As you can see, she was a very pretty young woman. Of course. Uh, then, and still beautiful, let me say. Um, but she was picked out, and then they were bussed to Yall every day. Oh. Um, and then they were given all the clothes, and they were looked after for the day. Um, and they absolutely, of course, loved being part of it. And it wasn't even so much of the stars and the rise. It was just being part of such a big, big movie. And from then until now, every time there's talk of Moby Dick, mother would say, oh, I was in that, you know. But I was talking to her sister, Sheila, who said to me, but sure, she never came home. Oh. She said she went down there and said she'd only be gone for a week. <laughs> and her father used to be saying, Where's Mona? Yeah. She can't be spending all that time down at a movie. Not that he didn't want her going into the movie business, but he didn't want her away from working in their own shop in Clonmel, which yeah. is a kind of television radio, and she shouldn't be missing from that. But my mother had an excuse every week. Oh, there was delays on the filming mm. and they needed yeah. more yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at 19 years of age, she took the opportunity to 
be there and to be part of the film. It's great. And what an, what an opportunity. 1954, you're sitting there at that young age, uh, surrounded by all that excitement and glamour. Um, and, it, you know, it's, 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 she couldn't resist that. Couldn't resist it, no. And as I say, I've got great mileage out of it ever since. Now, never actually talked about Gregory Peck, so I don't think he actually met any of the yes. extras. Okay. Um, I mean, reading about it since, apparently he was quite aloof and used to live in Cork and that, or used to stay in Cork. Um, but I think they had such fun just as extras and, and being there up and down the quayside. Um, and she never, ever mentioned anything about being paid for it. Yeah. Um, and even when I asked her yesterday, I mean, that wasn't the issue. Um, but I think actually some of the extras were given something every day, uh, but it was just really more about being part of the movie. Of course. And, and there it is. I mean, as I said, I was watching it on Sunday afternoon in um, glorious Technicolor, and I saw John Houston does that thing where he goes really close up on, on extras' faces. Um, and so you can see what I thought were very Irish faces. That's what, what I didn't know this story, so I was kind of found my interest peaked going... They're too Irish looking. There must be something. And and sure enough, your your mother was in the middle of it. How is she, by the way? How's your mum? Great, Fallon. Thank you very much. She'll be 87 on the day we do the census. Oh, wonderful. On the 3rd of April. Um, so the week. Very good. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. glad to hear. Pass on my best to her and to you, Mary. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks for your memories. And you, Ryan. Talk to you soon Take again. care. You best Okay, sounds good to me. Okay, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Take care, right? Bye-bye. Uh, we're nearly into uh, 99 territory now on the pier. That's for sure. Darina. Yes, sir. You're still there. And that was, <laughs> I, I just love that uh, idea of uh, Mary Hannafin's mother and friends, uh, extras on the, at the time, being bust into, bust yeah. into y'all for the, for the day. Glamour and excitement, no doubt. Glamour and excitement. I mean, the town hall there that stands on the quay, this side there, though, that was taken over completely. And all of the, the extras would have farmed in there every morning to get their, their costumes or every week or whatever it was. But um, I think it's the length of time that they spent in Yall and John Houston, as I said was using any excuse he could to, to hang on in Yall for as long as he possibly could yeah. because he was a real you know he was a real a huge character loved being around people and he, he really loved that he was bringing so much excitement to the town he knew exactly what he was doing you know he's smart the, I think it's yeah he was very smart, smart. Uh, it was only about 20 minutes I think in the, in the final film of Yall in the end, you know, they were the best so. 20 minutes in the whole thing, Doreen. You know that. Uh, a text <laughs> says, in his book, uh, Coburn sums up, uh, Claude Coburn uh, describes a visit he had from John Houston. And in conversation, he complained of the leaking roof in his classic period house. The following week, Claude received a check in the post from John in St. Clarence in Galway, which, of course, oh, St. Clarence is interesting, a very interesting house in itself, uh, to mm. go towards the repair of the ceiling. A, a kind gesture, mm. says Tom Blake in Rathfarm. Are you working on anything interesting at the moment, Doreena? I am working on some fantastic projects. I'm another one that's local to me in that it's uh, it's a four part series uh, for TD Carr again and the BAI for uh, it's on the River Blackwater. Oh, Jeremy Dudley Skewell is uh, presenting that one for that me. Is, and, that uh, is so. Mm. I, I absolutely have this dream of of spending an afternoon fishing on the Blackwater. It looks so. Anytime I've seen it, it looks so inviting and so beautiful. Um, it's probably one of the most beautiful places in oh, the world. Oh, so you're doing... Uh, what, what's yeah. the best part, I wonder, should I land on if I was to go there for an afternoon? Do you know what? After researching it, and we've filmed about two programmes at this stage, I would say it is something that you have to experience from the source of the sea because it is okay. so different on every aspect. And there's such a wealth of history no matter where you go. And that's why I kind of extended this to four programmes, you know, because it's there's just so much no matter where you turn. And it's 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 fantastic. So if you go right up to Kerry, up to the source, you know that's right in the heart of the Slieve Luca area. Yeah. So 
there's, you know, history and wealth in itself there and poetry and song and music. But then you come down and then you've got, you know, beautiful, beautiful houses like uh, Germana and Ballinatray and Stern Cali. So it's it's just stunning. And we've been in Carysville as well, fishing there. So okay. that's been amazing, I, I, you know. You've got the dream job. Dorina Clancy, <laughs> I look forward to that program. Mind yourself. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, All Take the best. Care, Thank you kindly for that.